Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. Jackson, I was just talking it over, as you know, but I'm acting like you didn't because I'm setting this up for the audience. Sure. That's what makes me such an incredible host. It is, amongst other things. things. You can text in what your favorite things are about me. Today's a tribute show to me. Um, but Randy and Michelle and Matt Rocchio went to one of my favorite restaurants in the St. Louis area last night. What restaurant would that be, Tim? Paul Mano's. Mm. Mm. It was the farewell dinner for Carriker and Smallman. And uh, they, uh, I was asking what they order because I'm a Lamba guy. You've always been a Lamba guy. I've been a Lamba guy for a while. Yeah, I like that Paulie Mano. He's a good fella. He's a good dish. You ever gone? No. You I don't take your, all these ladies that you're uh, courting? No. No, not that's not really like close to me per se. I'd like to go. I'd like to try it out. But I live on the hill, so Italian, mm. food, Italian food aplenty okay. around me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I had to get a breakdown. And Jackson, I could sense he was getting irritated. He was very tight yesterday, as many of you know. Uh, he was accosted by Jamie Rivers <laughs> and Kerry Davis the day before. So I would say you could fire the knockout punch today. But 20 seconds, 10 seconds, and I'm still over here going, yeah, you know, I really like the lamb. And then Rocky goes, I got the Chilean sea bass. And I go, oh, that's what my wife gets. And yeah. Jackson's like... Music's playing. I mean, it's wonderful, but I, I, I have to do my job. <laughs> but but couldn't you just feel while we're over here talking about delicious dishes? I'd be more than happy to. All get, right, get, what would you do? Let's say that. Let's say I'm out, and and they entrust you with the program. They don't have Randy and Michelle or BK and Ferrario come in, and it's just piddles hollow. What do you do? What so, do you do? What does it sound like? So it's today. Like we're talking today about today. is the day. I'm right. I'm I'm here, but I've decided I'm going to talk to people about what they ate last night. Sure. Segment one, I would talk about the Cardinals, talk about the victory. Nice. That's talk, good hosting. Talk about Newt. And then, Did you watch the game? Yes. I went back and forth with that and Serena. And then segment two, I would get into, I'd do a preview of Mizzou football. Segment. Did you get people ready for the Louisiana Tech game, which is now nine hours away at Furrow Field? Absolutely. Segment three, I would break down what the Hornets are going to look like this year because oh they'll be without Miles Bridges. So you maybe... would like to destroy the show's hour listening with the, with the second half hour. That would be the strategy. And then segment four, we have Danny Mack on today at 1045. Nice. And then we, I break. I would talk about the Cardinals again. So Cardinal bookend, Mizzou, Hornets, meat of the sandwich. Why the Hornets thing? Uh, they interest me. Young team. They had Kenny Atkinson. And then he's like, I'm not coaching this team. And he left. I don't know what's going on. Michael Jordan owns him. <laughs> Uh, somebody who is a Hill resident is not happy. This is what the Hill has come to, just allowing any overly educated 20-something to move in. Hashtag not my Hill. 
Pets from the 314. What are you going to do? Lil Piddles probably gets chicken tendies at every restaurant on the hill. Incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> Very incorrect. I like a little salad, a little pasta, maybe some veal. Can you guys explain the Major League Baseball playoff format for me? Because it's confusing. And what's the point of the Cardinals winning the division if they still have to play in the wild card round? Thank you. It's from the 314. A fair question. Um, well, uh, seed three, which at this moment would be the Cardinals, and I would say is 85% the Cardinals. Plays seed six. Yep. Which at this moment is the Padres, I believe. I think so. And uh, and then seeds four and five, which at this moment would be the Braves and Phillies. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken on that. I believe that's the case. And then the Brewers are lurking. Uh, but either way, uh, they play each other the best of three. The higher seed gets the all three home games in the best of three. And then the winner of those two respective series go on to play the teams that would have the bye. And at this moment... That would be the Dodgers and then the Mets. And the Mets, of course, had uh, Timmy Trumpet last night. Yeah, that was awesome. Do you have the audio? Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you, I mean, I enjoyed it, but you really, really enjoyed it. See, I, I, that's why I question when you laid out your, your show, if I were to just go, you know what, Jackson, this is yours today. I'm going to talk to Randy, Michelle, and Matt about Paul Bono's. And uh, why they should have gotten the Lamba, and and Jackson, you take it today. You said you'd go Cardinals, Missouri, Louisiana Tech. I look ahead at the magic that is this 2022 campaign that I think they're going to write books about at some point. And then uh, then you were going to go pivot to the Hornets, which uh, I get. Yeah, I get it. That's that's got local interest. And then you'd go to Dan McLaughlin, who will join us at 10:45. But that means you'd be ignoring Timmy Trumpet who appeared on the field at City Field last night as Edwin Diaz uh, made his entrance to close out the Dodgers. If I, I would, I'm going to redact what I said. I'm going to rebuild. Oh, okay. First segment's going to be Cardinals, and then at the tail end I would play this audio that we're about to play of Timmy Trump and Edwin Diaz. Then I would get into Mizzou preview. I would actually, in the third segment, rank the best young cores in the NBA uh, mm. And then wrap it up with Danny Mac. So we're still bookending baseball, and the meat of the sandwich is still, and then still force feeding the NBA down the throats of the listening audience. I think I think people would be refreshing. It'd be like a little right. lemon sorbet palate cleanser. You want to hear this, Edwin Diaz? Are you? Yeah. And now Timmy Trumpet takes center stage as Edwin Diaz gets ready to come in, looking for a save. <laughs> Uh, Timmy Trumpet, for the record, since this is audio, has just entered the field. Yes. Edwin Diaz, the door is swinging open to the Mets bullpen in right field, and here he comes. Jackson's head is bobbing, and he couldn't be more excited to see Timmy Trumpet on the field. This is actually awesome. You are so excited about this. I really love this. Forty thousand phones, all pointed to the field. And Edwin Diaz is slowly walking over the right field grass, and as he approaches the diamond, 
City Field. He begins a jaunt. Not a run, and not a jog, but a jaunt to the mound. And Timmy Trumpet is over there playing said trumpet. And the Mets mascots. Uh, Mr. Met. Well, now there's, I guess, a Ms. Met, yeah. Mrs. Met, Miss Met, try not to offend. And, uh, and and she's also playing a trumpet next to Mr. Met. And there's Timmy Trumpet playing the trumpet. And this really has you in a good headspace today. Listen, everyone knows, A, I'm a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. And B, I'm all into the theatrics. And that is a perfect example of both. You know, the theatrics of it are awesome. I love a great walk-up song. I like a great entrance music. And I think that's as good as it gets. Like my favorite scene in Major League is when Wild Thing Vaughn comes out of the bullpen to close out the game. What about in 2011 when the Cardinal bullpen door swung open and you're three outs away from a world championship, 11 and 11, and Jason Mott approaches the field with Eminem, Lose Yourself. Done, done, do it for you. But the trumpet guy in, in a regular season game in August in New York, you're all over it. God, New Yorker. Lose yourself is a little on the nose. What do you mean it's a little on the nose? Like that's like if you were to like ask a, a generation of people like what do you think should be your walk up music? Like lose yourself would be very very popular. It's a, just a little bit like too much on the nose. That trumpet is so like nuanced and different and unique. That, Why is like, it nuanced? I feel like you just use that adjective, just, but it doesn't work. Well, because it's just it's one instrument. It's not. There's no lyrics to it. It's, oh, there are lyrics. Well, yeah, in the back half, but the trumpet part, the main, the part that gets the people going. Timmy's trumpet. Is, is Timmy's trumpet that is is doing all the work there. It's kind of subtle. It's kind of got this, like, ominous feel while also being upbeat. I think it's perfect, and it's very unique. Like, you don't hear that often. You hear a lot of Hell's Bells, Heads Will Roll, obviously Enter Sandman was very popular. Mariano. Mariano Rivera. Hell's Bells, Trevor Hoffman. Right. Um, but I think that, that the Timmy trumpet, I think the song's called Narco. It is. Perfect. I think it's perfect. You know he's an Australian gentleman. Yes. yes. I don't know why you had to say it in the British accent, but yes. <laughs> yes, I am aware. Uh, guys, Radioactive from Matt Holiday in the 2013 postseason gave me chills. That's a Thanks great one. Four. You like that one? Yes, that one so I that like. works. I, imagine Lose dra- yourself too on the nose. Just a little too on the nose. Imagine Dragons makes really like cinematic theatric music, so I think that works. Okay. Big, big sounds. Okay. But it has to be a big, big moment or big, big time player? I mean, is that... Yeah, player kind of, yeah, you know, if it's like a, a bad closer comes out to enter Sandman, it doesn't have the same effect. Well, somebody texted in TMA and said Dave Veers came into Hell's Bells. Did he? Or no, Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thunderstruck. I don't remember that. And the thing is, and Veers, great guy, but he wasn't your prototypical intimidating closer, you know? So I don't recall that. But I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just don't recall it. Mm-hmm. It just, in a way, would kind of be ironic. I mean, he was kind of getting people with the splitty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he wasn't blowing them away. That's he was swinging at crap in the dirt. Yeah, like if you have like a ton of blown saves and you're coming out to something like Imagine Dragons, you're opening yourself up to some contra- some some criticism, I should say. Piddle's admitting he's a he just admitted he's a fan, not a fan of anything Cardinals. He's a damn traitor. That's from the three one four. That's that's what I took away from it too. Thank you for sending that in. Think you're reaching over there. The last time Jackson was this excited that the Lakers traded for Steve Nash. This calls for the name change from Little Boy to Timmy Trumpet. Thanks. That's from Brad from Waterloo. Nash was traded to the Lakers in like 2013, maybe even earlier. 
What the hell would I have a take on that? I was like in middle school. Tell little douche he needs to move to New York if he thinks last night and Timmy Trumpet was cooler than Jason Mott in 2011. That's from the 314. You're crazy if you think lose yourself with Jason Mott is cooler than that. Coming out to close out Game 7 of the World Series. That's what I'm talking about. That, in that context, that, that I hear on that. But okay. just in general, like if we're talking like Jason Mott coming out to lose yourself in the regular season game, or when Diaz coming out to know. Narco. I I'm not saying he didn't. Again, I need, I'm need. i asking for audience feedback here, and I can't get this from Baseball Reference unless they've started tracking walk-up songs, which would be wonderful, because be that means Colby Rasmus and Joshua would live forever. But with, with Veers, was he really thunderstruck? And with Jason Mott, did they play lose yourself every time? I don't think that was the case because if you recall, Mott wasn't the closer right, right, right. up until uh, the great Fernando Salas ran into some issues. Right, right. Well, if you know, if it's just Game Seven, yeah, that's definitely cool okay. because because of the context. Right. But, but if the Mets why, were in Game I presented Seven, to you. But what if the Mets were in Game Seven? So let's say the Cardinals are playing the Mets in okay, Game Seven yeah. of the NLCS. <laughs> And Timmy Trumpet's out there. At that moment, are you hoping that Diaz gets the Cardinals out in the ninth and ends their season? It no. ends Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina's career? Is that what you're telling me here on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, Missouri? I would hope he comes out to that, uh-huh. and then the Cardinals win the game. Okay. I, uh, can I, we hook him up to a lie detector? I'm on record saying I really dislike the Mets. It's like one of the only teams in baseball I really dislike. My mom's side of my family, all from Long Island, they love the Mets. I don't like the Mets. Goodness. Like the Yankees. No, I don't like the Yankees. Because you're more old money, New York. No. My family are Mets, Giants, and Islanders. This piddles roots for New York teams over St. Louis teams. <laughs> you got them wobbly already in the first segment. <laughs> Goodness That's what gracious. you want. Then you can land a couple jabs in the second segment and then finish them off in the third segment. And by the time Dan McLaughlin's on, he'll say, good morning, Jackson. There'll just be nothing there. He'll be on the ground. I'll be on life support. Uh, All right, we will uh, take a break here on the program. Cardinals winning last night. Lars Newt bar going yard. The Cardinal defense. I was certain, my goodness, I'm glad I didn't uh, bet, but I was certain they were going to lose that game in a variety of different times. Uh, and then they win it, and the Brewers win, so they maintain the six-game lead. 21 games over 500. How do you do? Day off. Cubs in town coming up starting tomorrow night. Missouri opening up the season tonight. Your level of enthusiasm for... Let's just talk Missouri specifically. One is essentially no enthusiasm. Ten couldn't be more fired up. Just send in numbers. Hell, I don't know. Just send them in. 65780. Leave a mic drop. Uh, Tack Jackson for being pro-New York and anti-St. Louis on the 101 ESPN app. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin with us at 1045 on the Cardinal victory last night. Man, I like... I, it's just... It's just it, listen, I... When I walked in today and Randy and Michelle and Matt were heading out, they were talking about bunting. And uh, I said, I got to be honest, I don't really mind it. I know it's not in vogue to say you like bunting, but when you grew up on the 1980s style of baseball, I like bunting and base running and good defense. Well, you got a little good defense last night. Uh, That was, man, I would think the Reds' win probability was tracking toward 95% in extra innings, and the Cardinals were able to snag that one. Now, in the whole scheme of things, does it probably matter in any way for the postseason? Probably not. Uh, the Brewers would have to go on a ridiculous tear, and the Cardinals would have to collapse, or the Mets, Braves would have to collapse for the Cardinals to get that by in the wild card round. But 
it was good to see a win based on defense when the bats weren't really there, minus Arenado doing his thing and then the extra innings. Newt Bar doing his pools with the sacrifice fly, and it's great to see the Navy Caps continue to provide wins. Randy said that to me. He goes, I didn't realize that we both shared that view. And I said, yes, there is the tie that binds. You know, I was watching the game last night. The Navy night. Caps, and you're just like, oh, those Navy Caps look so shiny and bright and choice. I think I'm going to go out and buy a new Navy Cap, because the one I used to have doesn't fit me anymore. So I think today I'm going to go out and buy a new Navy oh Cardinal my gosh. Cap. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The key is getting the bend right. It's a tough, tough deal. It's a sharp look. Oh, it's so oh, good. I'd like to see him bring it back. I feel like people actually feel kind of strongly. Randy's poll got 76%. Is that what we... we yeah, what? 76% won it back. Yeah. Full time. Then? It's so weird. Uh, so the Cardinals win... Uh, last night, and the bigger story, I think, actually, as far as how it could impact October is not what took place last night in Cincinnati, but what took place last night with Jack Flaherty and the Springfield Club. Double-A yep. rehab start. I'm on the record here. Uh, now, I am at 67%, I believe, on Predictionary. That's pretty solid for the things that I actually do feel passionately enough to risk the downside of receiving your anger and blame for losing wagers. Uh, that I will go on the record with Predictionary. One of the things, I, I don't know if I put it in Predictionary or not, but I know I said it, I did not think we would see Jack Flaherty back this year. And last night's start, particularly encouraging. A lot of strikeouts, nine strikeouts, threw more than 100 pitches, got into the seventh inning, and he is now set to start for the Cardinals on Monday. And considering the unreliability of Dakota Hudson, uh, and considering that Miles Michaelis hasn't been great as of late, maybe somehow he factors in to the Cardinals' postseason plans. I'm not expecting it. I don't think the Cardinals are expecting it, but would fall under the category of a windfall should it happen. Uh, Jackson, your thoughts on Jack Flaherty and his performance and how he could factor in? Yeah, I mean, I think he's such a... He's obviously dealing with an injury that's a lingering injury, which is shoulders, which is always scary for a pitcher. But if he can come back and prove to be effective, even on a pitch count, I think it would be great. I don't think, you know, as much as you'd like to think, well, he could be really effective at a bullpen with that shoulder thing. You're, you know, how much do you want to risk it when you're warming someone up on kind of short notice in the bullpen? But I think Monday will be awesome to see how he does, albeit against the Washington Nationals, but attitude. Yeah. But I think uh yeah, like you said, like anything you're gonna get from Flaherty for the rest of the season is a bonus considering we didn't think he would be back or if he was, you know, a shell of himself. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing them. So uh, the Cardinals have the day off, and then against the Cubs, they will go for three. Get to see uh, Wainwright start in there. And uh, then you'll see Flaherty on Monday as the Cardinals maintain the six-game lead. I don't know how much drama we'll see in two weeks. I mean, the Cardinals might have a magic number in the single digits, yeah. weird as that might sound. Yep. Um, and considering who they're playing, you would imagine that at worst they will still have a six-game lead. Brewers, my guess, in Milwaukee are focused on the wild card more so than the National League Central. Right. The thing is, if they do get the wild card, there's a good chance you'll see the Brewers in the first round. Uh, that wild card series from the Cardinal standpoint, unless, again, the Cardinals go on a 90% winning percentage for, for September in that first week of October against nothing but Pirates uh, and the uh 
the, the Mets slash Braves collapse in the National League East. College football focal point for many Missouri fans tonight. Uh, I posed the question as Missouri opens up the season as a 17.5-point favorite now, Jackson, against Louisiana Tech, the level of enthusiasm. Because when we're talking about Missouri, as we established last week when talking college football, it's not a unifying topic like talking about the Cardinals or the Blues, where you have 90-plus percent, if not 95-plus percent of the people listening, a fan of the team. With Missouri, God, I don't even know. What percentage of the listenership would you say are fans of Missouri football? I, I, and, I, and I think any number is acceptable here. The fans, 30%. Three out of ten. Would say that they yeah, root I would, for I, would say, I wasn't going to go 50%. I was going to go 40%. That's my yeah. honest number. Yeah, I think three out of 10 people would say they're a fan of, like, they root for Mizzou. But I think, I think what we saw in 2007, to an extent, 2008, 2010, and 2013 and 14, but really 2007 and 2013, um, shows that if they win, people will come. But as far as, like, following them for a game against Louisiana Tech to open up the season— Maybe because the Cardinals aren't playing, they'll get some people watching it. I don't know how many people will travel there for the game tonight. But uh, it is the opening of the season. And just scrolling through, I asked people in the previous segment to give their uh, reasoning for where they are on uh, 1 to 10. And I would say there's a decent number of the people who texted in uh, that are fans and, and, and above a five. But as I've said with regards to Missouri, you have to understand that, number one, some people just go, well, that's Columbia. It's not St. Louis. Some people, of course, are fans of Illinois. And I think that number gets underplayed in St. Louis. And then some people went to separate schools. And if you went to Indiana, for example, uh, you know, and I know you were looking at uh, a variety of schools. I mean, you mainly said you wanted to go somewhere in the Northeast or uh, the Bay Area. I remember you saying that. That, um, that that you're not going to be a Missouri fan, and that's understandable. Uh, so it's not as unifying as um, the Cardinals and Blues are, but if they win, I would say people hop on board. You know, I'm a Missouri guy, but when Illinois made their run in 2005 and they were putting that comeback together against Arizona, that was one of my favorite college basketball games I've ever seen, and I was pulling for Illinois. Right. Now, I don't know if some Missouri fans would say you can't do that, oh, but I no. pull for St. Louis University, too. Absolutely. Root for the local teams. And right. I mean, if, if Mizzou and Illinois were in the same conference, or if they played each other in football every year like they used to, and obviously they play each other every year in basketball, but I, the rivalry with Illinois, I just don't think is there. I, I root for Illinois when they're playing, because it's not really going to affect Missouri. I root for SLU when they're playing, because it doesn't really affect Missouri. Um, but of course... Tigers are, are my pride and joy. They are your pride and joy. And you are fired up. On a 1 to 10, what is your level? 11. Me? You're an 11. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I'm probably at like an 8. I love college football. That factors into it. The Louisiana, I'm way more excited for next Saturday against Kansas State because right. I feel like that's kind of a bellwether game for the season and kind of a state of the program thing. Yeah. The K-State and Auburn games that will take place over the next month are huge for Missouri in 2023. If you win one, great. You've kind of held serve. But they're both on the road, and I think maybe they're getting underrated. Um, And, you know, listen, I think Missouri can win both. I'm just saying to, to go, man, they're in big trouble if they lose both. 
if you told me I got to pick 2-0, and 1-1, oh, and one or 0-2 oh, is the most likely outcome, I'd tell you 0-2 oh, is the most likely outcome. And that's coming from somebody who's on the over of Missouri's win total this year being 5.5. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're closer to coin flips than they are, say, Missouri, I don't know, whichever one you would pick. I mean, sure. Georgia is the extreme example. Um, or Louisiana Tech. Now, Louisiana Tech's a 17.5-point underdog. That would set things off into disarray if they were to lose to Louisiana Tech. The thing I'm anxious to see tonight is Luther Burton the thing, yep. and how they use him in the offense and what he does. Uh, I'm also, my, my reasoning for being higher on Missouri this year is I buy into Brady Cook. All right. Um, and I feel like his ability is getting overlooked. And I think Luther Burden is going to be able to do some things that we haven't seen a Missouri receiver do in a long time and also impact other elements of the game and special teams. So from that standpoint, I am anxious to see what he does out there. Yeah. Um, and that is the thing that, that, is intriguing to me and gives me hope that this could be a solid year and a solid year would fall under the auspice of six seven then maybe if it's a big upset eight plus wins absolutely yeah i'm looking really forward to seeing what luther burden can do because i think you're right he's a guy who can do so many different things uh, all over the field uh, i'm open-minded to brady cook very open-minded to brady cook i hope uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him Biggest thing for me is watching the secondary tonight because it was really bad last year. They would get beat. You know, they'd have really good pressure. A quarterback would be forced out, and then you'd complete a long pass because the secondary wasn't there. So Abrams Drain, I think, is an SEC preseason, uh, all SEC. So hopefully he can lead the charge. And, uh, you know, I think there could be a lot of things you could take away from this game that will be encouraging going into Manhattan, Kansas next week. 10.30 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. In 15 minutes, Dan McLaughlin, who was on the call, the Cardinal extra inning win, will join us to talk it over. And uh, we have a little story here from the New York Post regarding Tony Romo and Joe Buck and uh, the NFL broadcaster negotiations and an exchange they had at a restaurant. We'll tell you what that story is uh, coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you. Another half hour, 24 minutes to be specific. Dan McLaughlin with us in nine minutes as we talk about the Cardinals and Reds this past weekend. The Cardinals and Cubs coming up this weekend. Jack Flaherty with a great rehab start last night. We'll get Dan's perspective. That's coming up in less than 10 minutes. Uh, Here on the program right now, Jackson sending this question over. Tony Romo is reported for the New York Post. Uh, who had Joe Buck on uh, their podcast, telling Joe Buck, quote, you're welcome when he saw him, and that was at that uh, celebrity golf tournament in Lake Tahoe, in reference to his large payday. Buck and Aikman got at ESPN. What do you think about this? Do you think CBS giving Romo a massive contract created an arms race for football broadcasting? Do you think without the Romo domino falling, we would have seen the big broadcasting shuffle we saw this offseason all the way down to Brady announcing his plans for the booth? post-retirement. Also, do you think Buck and Aikman will bring a new excitement around Monday Night Football that it previously didn't have? A lot of questions there, Jackson, but that's what you do at 5.30 every single day when you send these things over to me. That's I, I try to. Uh, and I enjoy them. Uh, so, I don't think that 
it led to Aikman going to ESPN. What I think it led to is networks realizing if you want to get these guys, you got to pay them that much. In other words, it it raised the floor sure. for the high-profile guys to get what he's getting. I mean, Joe, God bless him, doesn't have to do baseball anymore. Doesn't want to do baseball anymore, I don't think. And because he doesn't have that, he's not. He's working half the time. And is getting a, a contract that's $75 million over five years. How do you do? I mean, it can't get much better. Right. Work less, make more. Right. <laughs> it's outstanding. And then that allows him, you know, he's got two young sons. He's got a wife who works on Monday Night Football. Michelle works on Monday Night Football and has well before Joe got over there. And, uh, and I do think, to answer your question, that uh, Joe and Troy Aikman being on Monday Night Football uh, carries a cachet for it that it didn't have over the last, I don't know how many years. It seems like it's been a while. Um, and I think that it's going to be a positive thing. Um, now, do people watch games because of broadcasters, or do they not watch games because of broadcasters? I would say the answer to that is yes, but it's it's a small number. But for these networks that are trying to capitalize on one of the only things that people have to watch live in 2022, which is live television sports, Mm -hmm. without being able to binge watch or skip commercials, uh, this is the way to try to capture that audience that is a captive audience and increase the caliber of the programming. So from that standpoint, uh, you can certainly say it's a waste of money because why, you know, people are going to watch Monday Night Football either way. But the caliber of the broadcast, I think, has also led to, and maybe I'm off on this, or maybe it was an ESPN deal, hey, if we get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, will you give us some better games? Because Monday Night Football's had some rough games. Oh, yeah. But the Monday Night Football schedule this year is good, and I heard Joe on... Can't recall. Oh, uh, Shane, I guess Golf Guys podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, next year we think the schedule will get even better." Yeah. So I wonder, as weird as this sounds, or maybe it doesn't sound weird yet. Hell, I don't know. Uh, is ESPN says, "Okay, what if we get Aikman and Buck over here? Will you?" And we're going to try to make Monday Night Football back into the event that it was, whenever it is that people considered it to be an event, and not just a place for degenerate gamblers to try to get out of the hole that they created over the weekend. And fantasy football people who are chasing points or trying to hold off points. Uh, we're going to go get these two guys, two of the premier guys in the game. Will you give us a better schedule? Right. And I do indeed wonder about that. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a good call. Um, when, when, in your memory, it was like Monday Night Football, like a real event. Like, is there a point in your life where you're like, oh, Monday Night Football, like it has that like same cachet that Sunday Night Football well, has? Well, I know that with the Dennis Miller debacle Mm -hmm. that was in 2001 or two and the reason i would say it had to have been before that is because they were trying to recapture it gotcha and they decided they need to recapture about 20 years ago so i think most people would have to be older to remember it being a thing that everybody tuned into because in part you didn't have the the penetration that you have now for streaming services and cable. Sure. Even. You only had a handful of channels, so everybody was watching it. The Howard Cosell element of it, but St. Louis's own uh, Dan Deardorff was a part of it for a number of years. It just was a big event. It was a huge deal if your team was on Monday Night Football, and it had a water cooler impact, yeah, as they called it. 
But now um, it's just kind of flown under the radar, and ESPN seemingly has mixed and matched the broadcast teams multiple times over the last few years. Right. right. So this one is their attempt to try to put it back on the map. And, you know, Joe is only 50, I guess he's 53 now. Um, and him and Aikman can do it for a while and really bring some cachet to it. Because I think at this point now, if you ask people in your peer group, Jackson, what's a bigger deal, Sunday night football or Monday night football, what would they say? Sunday night football. All day long. Every single time. And initially, Sunday night football was without question in the backdrop to Monday night football, mm. and that has changed. And I would tell you the schedule for Sunday night football has been way more glamorous than Monday night football. It's the be- I always feel like it's the best match of right. the so I think they're going to be able to flex in some games and have a better schedule, and so I think that's a big part of it. Um, but what Romo's point was, was, you know, those, those dollars aren't getting thrown around if there wasn't a bidding war for him. Right, right, yeah. He was the catalyst to create this, uh, like I said, arms race. Uh, all right, it's 1042 in St. Louis. Dan McLaughlin is going to join us on the other side of the break. Action Jackson, Tim McKernan with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Burkett with you. One final segment. What a segment it's going to be because, look, everybody, Dan McLaughlin is with us here for his Thursday appearance. Hello again, everybody. Hey, what's going on, fellas? (laughs) I always enjoy it. Sure. Yes, sir. (laughs) So you got back, uh, or are you still hanging out in Cincinnati on the off day just to take in the sights and sounds? Uh, As much as I'd love to, I couldn't. I uh, had to get back. Uh, I do like Cincinnati, by the way. I'm I'm a fan of Cincinnati, but I had to get back, came back with the team. We got back late uh, last night or this morning, Mm -hmm. whatever your perspective. And uh, (laughs) it was a nice win for the Cardinals. Lars Newtbar, how do you do? How about that? Yeah. He's got, love he's got an energy, doesn't he? A lot of energy. A lot of, he's a little bit of Jackson in him. <laughs> and uh, always smiling, always having fun. I mean, the guys love him. And, yeah, I remember talking to Ollie at the beginning of the season, and Lars got off to a really slow start. He made the team, but got off to a slow start. They, they couldn't find him playing time. And at that point, you don't want a guy that's that young just rotting on the bench. I mean, you're, you're still trying to get him to develop and um, not a lot of, obviously, big league time. And the one thing he said, he goes, man, the guys love him. The guys just yeah. love him. And he's like, I, I just hope when we play him that he, you know, can get a little run here. And, again, this is months ago, he said, you know, because then he can stick around because he, he's he's fun. You know, you want to have those kind of guys on the team where um, they give him a lot of trouble and they allow him to give him give them trouble back. And you don't see that out of a lot of young players, but you do when they have the respect of the veterans. And he definitely has the respect, and he's a good guy, and he's fun to watch, and he's having a heck of a second half. I mean, you look at why the Cardinals are winning in the second half. It's certainly the trade deadline deals. That's probably first and foremost. But uh, Lars Newbar has taken off. Tommy Edmonds starting to hit again. Brendan yeah. Donovan has had a terrific August. So it's not just Arenado, Goldie, and and uh, and Albert. So it's it's fun to see. And this final month sets up to be one that hopefully uh, we'll never ever forget. You uh, mentioned the enthusiasm and the respect he has from the veterans, and uh, who was the first guy there to greet him after the home run last night with a huge smile on his face, doing that uh, famous gesture that Lars got him going, the uh, the pepper grinder, and that yeah. was Albert. Pujols with a huge smile on his face. Well, I mean, every 42-year-old acts like that, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it unbelievable? I mean, yeah. 
he's having so much fun, and uh, I think I've told you guys this, but every night he gets on the bus with us, he fist bumps everybody, he uh, he's smiling, he's laughing. Uh, I just think he's taken on a, a great um, responsibility of, of what his role is in Major League Baseball, which is truly one of the legendary players. And if I'm going out, I'm going out on my own terms, which is being back home and doing it with the team that um, I love, the city I love, the fan base I love, and I'm going to make sure I enjoy every single minute of it. And I think he's done that, and I love it. I'm, I'm having so much fun watching Albert. And how could you not? I mean, the guy's putting up really big numbers. He had eight home runs in August. Cardinals had 51 as a team, which set a record for them and led the major league. So it's a fun time to be a fan. There's a lot of good things happening. And I would say that uh, Saturday, go get a ticket because – Wayno will be on the mound, throwing to Yachty, and a lefty is on the mound for the Cubs. So Albert will be in the lineup, and go watch these guys play. It's fun to see. Yeah, man, that is an absolute destination moment there. Cardinals and Cubs, and you've got Molina and Wainwright and Pools in the lineup. What else could you ask for on a Saturday uh, in September? Uh, with regards to last night's win specifically, Dan, watching that, I was just like, okay, this is unfortunate. They're going to lose this game. The whole scheme, things it ain't going to matter. And I feel like they stole that one. They stole it with defense and the mixing and matching and the multiple infielders that were outfielders coming into the infield uh that was one that defense won in the extra innings last night what was your perspective on what the cardinals did and how they pulled it off 100 percent agree i mean i i get a kick out of like the win percentages you know what your chances are to win and it was like 90 percent a couple of times for the reds um but you had the two plays by tommy edmund at the plate in which one throw was up the line but yachty spun and made the tag and they were able to get out of it i initially from just the the, watching it live, I thought he did slide under the tag, but I was wrong. Um, it was a good call. They got him, and then he was not blocking the plate. So that was that was big, um, clearly, because that helped you stay in the game. But then the other play that stood out to me was the Goldschmidt backing up and kind of near the second base area, edge of the grass, backhand, and throws a perfect, and I mean a perfect throw to Andre Pallante covering first base as he's like falling backwards, basically, I, the guy is so good at first base, it's scary mm-hmm. how much better he makes everybody on the infield. And it's a pressure play. So twice they had, I think, maybe even three times had to have, or maybe even four at-bats with the infielders, just two outfielders, and then the uh, you know the, the fifth extra infielder. And I give Andre Pallante a, a ton of credit. Um, I know we talk about... Michael Harris being Rookie of the Year. Brendan Donovan will get some run. I think Strider of Atlanta will get some run. I think Andre Pallante deserves a little credit here, too. I mean, he's he's gone in and out of the rotation. He's done everything you've asked him to do, and he's been really, really good and kept you in games. Now, I don't think he's going to win it. Don't get me wrong. But I would like to see at least people look at him a little closer and say, boy, look at all the appearances. Look at how he's done it and give him kind of the appreciation uh, third or second place vote, however you want to do it, but he, he deserves some credit for what he's done this year. Dan McLaughlin with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN talking it over. I thought this, and maybe I'm making too much out of this, I don't want to overstate it, but as Ali Marmol said, and I'm paraphrasing in his postgame comments, it would have been easy considering the set of circumstances, and I would imagine he's implying the comfortable lead the team has. They've been on the road, they've been in all four time zones recently, 17 games, 16 days. And it's extra innings in front of barely anybody in Cincinnati, and you want to get home. You have an off day to kind of go, okay, 
you know, the intensity might not be there. And that may, may sure. be human nature. And yet they grinded and grinded and grinded to get that thing in 13 innings when they were, as you made reference to, with the throw home to Molina or the bad bounce that could have come to Goldschmidt to go on the Romine ball. And they battled to make sure they got that game. And I think that speaks to the team and the makeup of the team. Your thoughts? I agree. Um, I thought game two was about as tired as I've seen the Cardinals this year. And I, I can understand why. When when I've been around professional teams, what I've noticed is that it's not necessarily the next day. So you, you can play till 2 in the morning and get into the next city at 6 in the morning. That night, you'll play okay. You'll be fine. Not always, but generally speaking, I've noticed that teams are okay. It's the next day, that mm-hmm. game two, that really catches up with teams. And I thought that... That was a tired team um, for game two. And probably a little bit of a residual effect of being tired uh, for game three. Um, But yet, to their credit, man, they they did grind it out and picked up the win. And that's a sign of a really good team. And I don't care if it's the Reds. I don't care if you're playing in front of 10,000 people, maybe. Um, (laughs) It's just, you know, you've got to win those games. And good teams will do that. Championship teams do that. And they did. So I give them credit. And... I remember telling people, I said, man, if you looked at the schedule here in the first half, I mean, Cardinals had a really tough first-half schedule. I said, it's going to lighten up, and if they can hang around, they're going to be just fine because this is a pretty good team. And a lot of things have happened to help them in this stretch run. Certainly the trade deadline, um, having two MVP candidates, the reemergence of Albert Pujols being the machine. I get it, all that stuff. But – the schedule is going to help itself out. And so you've got the Cubs now in town. You've got Washington coming up. You've got Pittsburgh still. You've got a bunch of games left with Pittsburgh. You've got five left with Cincinnati at home. Cardinals are, I think, 20 games above 500 at Bush Stadium this year. They've been one of the better teams. And I think September is going to be just an exciting time to be a fan because of the historic yeah. nature of the individuals. And I think people will be there to see that. And these guys feed off of that. So it's going to be a a really fun stretch run for the Cardinals. Yeah, agreed. It is a unique month, and uh, as you made reference to, Saturday especially. And Monday has some intrigue now after what we saw uh, out of Jack Flaherty uh, with his rehab start uh, with Springfield last night. I'll be honest, I didn't see this coming. I thought once I heard slap tear, that's just going to pretty much wrap it up. But he throws more than 100 pitches, strikes out nine, and now he is going to get the start, assuming he feels good today. The start was last night uh, on Monday. What do you think is a reasonable expectation, reasonable, for Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals uh, in the month of September and then what it could lead to in October, Dan? Take the ball every fifth day. That's number one. Be healthy enough to do that um, and have the baseline numbers. And what I mean by baseline numbers, I'm talking about velocity. You can measure spin rate, where his arm angle is, various things that you don't look at as a casual fan. Um, Not all of them, but some. And and get back to where you were at 19. And from what I've been told is that those numbers are there, that he's throwing like a healthy Jack Flaherty. So uh, my expectations would be just that first start, get back out there. You know he's going to be amped up. He's going to be fired up. He's in the middle of a pennant race. The crowd will be electric. Um, try to try to calm yourself down as much as you can. Get through five or six, and then turn it over to the bullpen. And then once you get that first one under your belt, let's let's see it happen. Let's see it develop. And so. I don't know how to, to to put anything on it except to say that just stay healthy and and continue to build up as, as you get towards the end of the season. And, you know, if he gets back to where he was, you talk about a weapon. Holy oh, smokes. Goodness, yeah. 
Yeah. It changes everything. So, uh, you know, in a long series, in a seven-game series, and you got that guy going, and if he's right, you can match up with anybody. And that's something that I think you have to look at. That's Dan McLaughlin. Cardinals with the day off today and the Cubs in town starting tomorrow for what should be one hell of a weekend at Bush Stadium. Dan, always appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much. You guys have a great weekend, and good luck to Mizzou tonight. Yeah, fight Tiger. There he is. Dan McLaughlin with us here on Balloon Party. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.